Hey, Peter. Hey, Mark. We're oh. back. We're, we're doing it again. <laughs> yeah. Let's... With fancy mics this time. I know. Shout out to Jonas Maldonado for listening to our last podcast. What and a thinking, guy. That sounds terrible. I can make this better. <laughs> <laughs> and, and hooking was... us up. <laughs> that was his initial reaction. That's rough. Let me, <laughs> That's let rough. me help these guys out. Uh, we really appreciate you, Jonas. Thank yeah. you so much, man. You know, You're that's awesome. actually that's a strategy that most people will use when they need help is just do something terribly intentionally. Is that what you do at home? That's like, <laughs> I can't do the dishes right. Oh, man. I, I suck at giving Henry a bath. How do the faucets work all of a I'm sudden? I'm not supposed to put a bar of soap in the washing machine. <laughs> what? And then I just, you know, I get removed from those responsibilities because I'm trash. How convenient. (laughs) On the flip side, growing up, my mom would be, uh, she would always tell us how good we are, we were at the chores she would like us to do. So Pete, you're you're so good at making lunches for everybody, or you're so good at doing the dishes. You're so good at it. So then you just want to do it. Well, not really, but (laughs) that was her intention. That was her goal. How well it worked, but that was what she was trying to do. Start doing that with Titus. Titus, you're so good at paying the bills. You are phenomenal at getting a part-time job at the age of eight. (laughs) That's right. How old is Titus? Titus is four. Oh, four. Wow. (laughs) I was way off. I have no no bearing at all on how tall children are at at their ages. That's so funny. Four-year-old Titus. (laughs) Barely formulating sentences. (laughs) We were at uh, Costco yesterday, and Henry was pushing a pallet jack. How old is Henry? Like 13? <laughs> he's old enough. No, he uh, he's turning two in May, so he's like, what is that, 20-something months? Yeah. I lose track of the months. Yeah. I kept counting until 20 months. Until 20 months? That's farther than I 20 did. 20 months, because 18 is easy, because it's a year and a half. Yeah. And then once we hit 20 months, I'm like, all right, he's going to be a year, or two years in May. I did just That's did it, it to a year, and then yeah. he was just a year old until two. Yeah, no, he's, yeah. That was too much math for me. I'm not a big fan of the parents who are like, he's 42 months old. <laughs> like, <laughs> months old. <laughs> All right. I think we can stop with oh, that that's now. That's so funny. That's a bit much. Well, and 673 months old. He just just stopped breastfeeding <laughs> last week. We're so proud of him. He is in third grade, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. So, how are you What? I don't know. <laughs> no, this is just... This is so, what's going. on your mind today? Mm. Mm-hmm. I was I was thinking about a few things. Um, I don't know how theological you want to get versus just real life, but I thought it might be fun to, since it's still kind of our first real podcast episode, to do some backgrounds on each other. Cool. Such as, like, how did you decide to become a pastor? Oh, man. Because that's not... Your normal run-of-the-mill job, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So... Let's backtrack. S- let's backtrack a little bit. I guess that would be good. Yeah. I was uh, I was born in La Ciudad de Mexico. Um, Can you say that one more time, please? I was born in Mexico City <laughs> at the bright age of newborn. Um, wow. And I was born... Interesting tidbit. I don't know if you know this. I was born with 12 fingers. No way. Did you know that? No. Are you serious? I was born... I haven't told you that yet? No! Oh, man, I was born with 12 fingers. I have scars still from where they cut them off. Look at that little bump right there. You see? 
Yeah, I was born with 12 fingers. That has nothing Holy to do with my background. Cow. It doesn't influence it. me whatsoever. Okay. Other than when I play like two truths and a lie, I mm-hmm. always win. Yeah. <laughs> um, Makes a lot of sense. But I was born in Mexico because my parents were missionaries in Mexico. Okay. And so my older brother uh, was young when they moved there. He's four years older. Mm-hmm. And then I have a younger sister that was born four years after me. Okay. And when she was born, um, she was born with a uh, very severe case of cerebral palsy. And mm-hmm. so she has the mental capability of about a two-month-old. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, the health situation in Mexico, um, she, she could just get more attention in the United States. So sure. as much as I, my parents didn't want to, um, they felt it was best to move back to the United States. Yeah. And so we moved back to the United States when I was uh, seven. Yeah, seven, just about to turn eight. Okay. And uh, we moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Nice. And um, I went to a small Christian elementary there. And uh, a little bit about like my my spiritual upbringing is we we grew up in a very conservative home, um, mm-hmm. very legalistic at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we grew up independent, fundamental Baptist. Um, and so... Can you elaborate um, on what legalistic means? Sure. So so just kind of gave off the perception that that your salvation and God would love you um, if you did certain things, mm. and not even just like if you did what the Bible says, but if you did what the Bible says, plus these other rules that we wow. think are important. Okay. So, for example, like, like uh, women weren't supposed to wear pants, mm. men couldn't have facial hair. Men couldn't, couldn't have facial couldn't hair? Couldn't have facial hair, yeah. Wow. They would have had a problem with Jesus. I was going to say, that <laughs> makes no sense to me, but okay. Um, Where did they and, even come up with that? Um, I don't really know. I don't really and know who's, that who's, one. But that is that kind of church, was, the Baptist? Yeah, because it was, cause it, I mean, in the time, like, beards and facial hair were associated with um, kind of like... Uh, a hippie culture oh, type thing, as, okay. and so you needed to be proper and put together in okay. order to come to church. Gotcha. Um, and uh, we weren't able to go to like movie theaters or things like that. Wow. So, okay. so that was kind of the the upbringing. One time, so so my family gradually came out of this, um, but I was playing with playing cards, which was a huge no no. Mm. And we were in the hospital one time with my sister, and I was playing solitaire. The devil's game. <laughs> the devil's game. <laughs> With a deck of cards. Satan tear, as we like to call it. <laughs> and my my grandparents came up, and they were still more conservative. And so quickly I put my cards away, and I slipped them in what I thought was my mom's purse. Uh-oh. But it turned out to actually be my grandma's purse. Oh, no. And so she got home, and she pulled out this deck of cards from her purse. And... It was it was quite the affair. Uh oh. Um, but so so we lived in Tennessee for a while. Then we moved to Ohio, back to my parents' home church, where my dad was a pastor, and um, I spent some time growing up and developing. And um, eventually, uh, my brother went off to college, and the rest of us went down to South Florida. I just um, like how you said. I spent some time growing up and developing, <laughs> as if that's not what literally every single human does. You know, while I was a child, I spent some time growing, growing and older and, and learning things and developing. And it's such like an adult my way body to say it. grew larger. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then we moved to Florida um, and uh, spent some time at a Christian high school there, and I was able just to learn from my dad, who was a pastor, mm-hmm. and um, and then kind of. I followed in my brother's footsteps, went off to Moody Bible Institute, 
um, studied there, continued studying back in South Florida, uh, where I got my Master's of Divinity degree and really got to like learn from my dad in ministry and I worked at his church yeah. for a while as the worship pastor. Um, and then uh, really felt um, really felt led to, to kind of um, take a church over for myself. And mm-hmm. I always had this this big goal of planting this church in Las Vegas or San Francisco. Mm. Um, I don't know why. I, I, I'd only been to Las Vegas once and only heard of San Francisco, but... Um, the, the elders and the leaders of the church, uh, when I, when they ordained me, they encouraged me. They said that I, I really, um, they encouraged me to focus more on, on church revitalization, mm. um, because I don't really have strong administrative skills. Sure. So, so starting a church wouldn't probably go well for me, but yeah. church revitalization is this idea of coming alongside a church that, um, that is in a season of struggling mm. and, and loving them and walking with them through struggle, mm-hmm. um, maybe back, back to a healthier place. Mm-hmm. And so that's what that's what we did. And my wife and I looked for opportunities to do that, and um, Cedar Creek Community Church opened up. And what's the your church's? So I have a Wells background, yeah, and that's Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, and that's how I was raised. And I kind of have a decent grasp on how that church works. Yeah. So like, how are you in? Wherever were you were, you in you were in where were you going to school? Moody Bible Institute. Okay, well, where were you living when you got called to to Cedar Creek Community Church? South Florida. Okay, so you're in Florida. I was Florida. So how does that work? Where you're like, oh, we're gonna move to Wisconsin? Like they, how yeah. does that process work for finding where you want to go next? Yeah, it's not quite like like a Wells situation, but um, so so my dad's church is a Southern Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to school at Knox Theological Seminary, which was a Presbyterian seminary. Um, and then Cedar Creek Community Church is a converged church, which is, um, it has its roots in, in like Swedish Baptist. Okay. Um, and so, so, uh, uh, converge recognized the ordination of the Southern Baptist denomination. And so, um, instead of like a presbytery or, um, someone calling me to the church, Instead, I got on the internet at churchstaffing.com. That is so great. <laughs> and I searched senior pastor positions, yep. and Cedar Creek Community Church comes up okay. and and read about their church and got to know them and then got mm-hmm. to know the search committee, and then they, they brought me in, and uh, the rest is history. And cool. so that's kind of how we got here about five years ago, and... Um, now we're turning into Wisconsinites through and through. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it is. Yeah, because you've been here how long now? Been here five and a half years. Wow. It's a long five time. Years. It is. It's it's Other than Mexico, it's the longest I've been in one place. How long or so, how often do you guys go to Florida, if at all? We go to Florida once a year, Okay, usually. Okay. Once a year. Um, and, and we go back to Ohio, which is where my wife's family is yeah. about twice a year maybe two okay. three times a year yeah it's a little closer um, yeah <laughs> a little well, easier we can drive there i'm assuming you do you guys fly when you go to florida once oh, a year? yeah 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 but you drive to Ohio. yeah okay and that's what makes the florida trip a little bit harder especially now that like kids are in school yeah it's because you can only go like during school breaks yeah. and plane tickets are about five million dollars yeah when you go <laughs> during a school million. break um, oh titus is still a lap a lap child at not yet i mean not anymore i'm, I'm joking oh <laughs> Oh, yes, he's, he's two and them. under. Shrink, <laughs> just squishing him down a little bit. He's anywhere from two to eight. Who hunch, knows? Titus, hunch. <laughs> You're two. That's right. Just say goo goo gaga and uh, we will fool them. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, so so 
we get down there every once in a while. Sure. But but Wisconsin is home, and we mm. love it here, and um, it's been it's been awesome. How'd you end up here? Um, so I grew up not far away from here, but we grew up right where Grafton meets West Bend meets Jackson, mm. like right in the middle of a bunch of cornfields. Mm. And then um, sounds like Wisconsin. Yeah, my dad uh, bought the land, and then we built a house there. Um, and that's the house I grew up in with me and my six siblings and two dogs. Um, it was a, a, a madhouse, but so much fun. And uh, we lived there until I graduated high school. Um, when I was in college, my parents moved to Cedarburg. Mm-hmm. Um, we technically had a West Bend address at our, the house we grew up in. But anyways, uh, then we were in Cedarburg. While I was in college, they lived um, in a ranch because they could downsize because most of us moved out, got married, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then it was just my couple of brothers at home. My younger brother did the Navy for a while, so he was gone for a while. So he was just my youngest brother. And then they ended up, um, around the time my dad was planning to retire, they were able to buy a house um, in Grafton here. Awesome. So the where they live now is probably a 10, 10-ish minute drive wow. from where we grew up. Yeah. Um, so it's not far. But uh, the thing is, like, West Bend, which is a little bit bigger than Grafton, mm-hmm. is where we would always go to, like, go shopping and stuff. Yeah. So even though Grafton was basically the same distance away... I almost never came over here. Wow. So even though I was like 10, 12 minutes yeah, from here, like right I, down the road. I, I didn't know anything about Grafton until oh. uh, we moved here. So my wife and I uh, moved here um, like two and a half years ago. Mm. Um, the winter, we got married in August and then uh, moved in. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty Brave sure. Brave of you to say dates. <laughs> I conveniently skipped over any dates I'm, in my life. I'm pretty sure we got married in <laughs> August of 2020. And then um, um, we moved in uh, December. We bought a, We were able to buy a house. So that worked out. Did you know that Grafton used to be called Hamburg? No. Yeah. Hamburg? Hamburg. That's Like awful. Cedarburg and Oostburg and Hamburg. Hamburg. And then someone probably it tells thought, you a little bit about the origins of mm-hmm. this area. It's very German. Yeah, Das Berg. Everything is Berg. Berg. I like hamburgers. I don't like hamburg. Hamburgers. <laughs> Those are like people from Grafton would have been called hamburgers. I guess. Wow, they would have. Uh, we would have all been hamburgers. We've been hamburgers. Wow, man, stuff that'll change your life right there. <laughs> Wow. When did it change? Do you have any idea of the no idea. history of that? No. How did you know it used to be called Hamburg? Where'd you uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> Reliable source when did, right did, there. Where did you find that out when you were looking into this church? Yep. Okay. Yep. Right. I was like, I why would find you out go more about digging Grafton. about... Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> and this is just one of those inf- interesting things that I found out. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So at what point did you grow and develop? <laughs> <laughs> I grew and developed for years and years. Um, yeah. No, I did. Uh, I did a lot of stuff after high school. I went to tech school for a little bit to save money, so I didn't have to pay for a uh, essentially a normal person's education. Mm. Um, and then I went to Platteville for three semesters, UW Platteville, because I thought I might want to be an engineer. Mm. I always liked fixing things and like building things and yeah. like solving problems. So I was like, engineer sounds good. Um, I did three semesters at Platteville and I did, uh, I realized I didn't want to be stuck at a desk forever. So I made a career switch or a college switch. It was funny because I always remember this, the breaking point. Like sometimes in life you're like for a switch, you hit this point. And I was doing Calc 2 homework mm. 
in this library and I just got stuck and I could not figure out this problem. Mm. And, uh, I, I like got so frustrated. I went for a walk, ended up calling my brother-in-law and we talked on the phone and he was like, well, what do you like doing? And, um, at that time I was working out a lot with my wingmates in my dorm mm. and I was like, that's the best part of my day. Like hanging out with them and working out and exercising. And he was like, well, maybe you should do something along those lines. I was like, Oh, I never really thought about that. At that time, my brother was a recruiter in the Navy, my older brother, Ben. And uh, I never was interested in the Navy because I get claustrophobic thinking about someone dictating what I'm supposed to do 24-7. And um, he was like, just do the reserves because it's a glorified scholarship, basically. Mm. And you miss one semester of school and you can come back. And I was like, oh, okay. So I left Platteville, joined the Navy Reserves, did boot camp, went to mm. San Antonio for the schooling after boot camp. And then I missed just the fall semester and I went back in spring and applied to lacrosse. So I went to UW lacrosse for a fitness education or a fitness and uh, nutrition. Mm. Um, got my degree there, worked out and worked at a group fitness gym which is called Upraxia. Mm. And they had a few locations, and now I am one of those locations because yeah. I opened it here in Grafton. So that all worked out. And then after I graduated uh, college, um, I came back, worked in sales for a little bit, and then um, I was that guy selling Spectrum at the Walmart. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, do you have AT&T or uh, Spectrum? Uh, I remember we would go down <laughs> to like more of a like Hispanic areas. Uh-huh. It's like, ¿Cómo estás? ¿Quién tienes para la internet en la casa? ATT o Spectrum? <laughs> and I would have a buddy with me who like could speak Spanish. Yeah. And if they were like, oh, I, you know, like, and yeah. then they started talking to me. I was like, hey, dude, come, come, come close the sale for me. <laughs> come here. That's all I know. I, I That's all I know. <laughs> ¿Cuánto tienes? Yo quiero Taco Bell. Yo quiero Taco Bell. No, no. yo quiero Taco Bell. Um, so I did that. And then uh, I was like, well, I was about to be done with the reserves and I kind of wanted a deployment experience. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, you make pretty good money because you have no living expenses because mm. they house you and feed you and everything. Yeah. So I was like, that might be something to do. Um, so I basically put my name into a pool to get picked for deployment and I got picked and they said they actually gave me an option, which is weird. Normally you don't get options, but. They said, do you want to go to um, Djibouti in Africa or do you want to go to Guantanamo Bay in Cuba? Mm. And I heard um, both of those weren't like ideal, like awesome, sweet really? spots. But um, I had heard some good things about Guantanamo Bay in Cuba mm. as far as like, you know, things that you can actually do on base and stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, both were obviously warm climates. Yeah. So um, that wasn't really too big of a difference. But I decided on Cuba which is good because I met my wife there. So oh. that's where I met Shireen. She was in the reserves in New Jersey and she, so she's not Cuban. <laughs> no, she's not Cuban. <laughs> no, she's uh, Jamaican. In fact. <laughs> uh, so she got deployed the same time as I did. And yeah, we uh, became friends and then fell in love and stuff. So that's mm. cool. Yeah. Navy nuptials, Navy nuptials. Yep. That's how uh, that's how she goes. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, we were both in the reserves, so when we got back, we could like you know live our lives like normal yeah. civilians. Because military marriages are tough because you get deployed all the time and yeah. you're gone all the time. So it was one of those military marriages that actually worked out really well. 
Was it was it hard for you? I know you kind of navigated a little bit, but was it hard for you to kind of figure out that you wanted to do this fitness thing? Not and- not really. Um, so when I left engineering, it was because I didn't. I wanted to work with people, so I was like, okay, I want to work with people. I really kind of am interested in like anatomy and physiology and stuff like that. And then um, when I got my degree in fitness and I was doing that stuff in school, um, I ended up working at the gym and like that just worked out really well. Yeah. Um, And I kind of follow God's signs for like, hey, this is kind of a good idea for you to do. Mm. So the guy, I had to get random roommates because I didn't know many people um, in the cross. So I went on Craigslist to find my roommates. And um, one of my roommates was a trainer at Upraxia. Mm. And he was like, hey, you should come check out the gym that I work at. Yeah. I went there and ended up working there. Um, and then when I was in the Navy, when we were, actually when we were in Cuba, um, so this is when I had some experience working at the gym, leading group fitness classes. Um, when we were in Cuba, I started, like, Shreen was like, hey, can I work out with you? And I was like, sure. Mm. So we kind of did our own little two-person workout. And then a couple other people that we knew found out that we were doing that and joined Mm -hmm. us. And then I ended up having like a seven to 10 person group fitness class by no, like I wasn't advertising. It just built to that um, with people that we knew. Um, And I, so our days started early. I think we did this workout at like 4.30 in the morning. Oh, word. So the fact we had like seven to 10 people showing up at like 4.30 a.m. to like do this group fitness class that I kind of come up with every day. Um, I was like, okay, this was super organic, not forced at all. Yeah. And I uh, just felt like something I should, should it be give doing. you like confidence and then like what you were doing people valued. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then it also just gave me, kept that momentum going mm. of like my knowledge and keeping me sharp and like, um, so yeah, now I've got, I don't know, probably tens of thousands of hours of, mm fitness experience and time put into that so it's yeah it's what i do now it's great it's stressful figuring out like what you're gonna do for a living i think so i agree 100 percent. and uh, uh i i know i experienced it a little bit growing up and uh, um i don't know if it's correcting itself or not but there's just like a lot of pressure on kids oh like, yeah really young to figure out what you want to be when you get older yeah, I'm, I talked to even like my younger brother and yeah. uh, I try and encourage him to just keep like trying things um, because you have, especially when you're like in your 20s, you have so much time mm-hmm. to do multiple jobs. The The issue, in my opinion, is we're... You're going to drop a hot take right now? Oh, yeah. Hot take alert. Hot take. Hot take Pete alert. I don't know. Um, (laughs) My opinion is we are stuck in our parents' mindsets, Mm. right? Which is when they were 20, 25, 30, you'd get a job at one, uh, you know, place. And then you would work there for 40, 45 years, retire, and you get a pension. And that's it. Yeah. Right. And you, oh, and you had to go to college first. Yeah. So you have to go to college. You have to get a degree. You work for the same company and they give you a gold watch and a pension at mm-hmm. the end, right? That doesn't happen anymore. Mm-mm. So many people are making a ton of money not even going to college. Yeah. The trades are hurting like crazy. Because everybody feels you, pressured to right. go to college. You need to be a, like, there's no plumbers and construction workers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, well, there are obviously, but they need more. Yeah. And um, 
yeah, this just doesn't make sense to when I was in high school. The question wasn't, what would you like to do? What are you interested in? Mm-hmm. And does college make sense to fulfill that? Yeah. It was, where, where are, are you going, going to mm-hmm. college? And that's still the yeah. mindset for a lot of people. I think it's slowly breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not anti-college. I went to college. I'm glad yeah. I did. But my biggest takeaway from college was probably uh, personal interactions. Yeah. Like talking to people, dealing with people, um, making friends and memories and stuff like that. My biggest takeaway from college was not, I remember the tests I took or any information. Yeah. It was interpersonal relationships, which is a big thing, skill yeah. you can take for the rest of your life, but you don't necessarily need college. It's a to, lot of money to spend on that. It's a lot, <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars so that I can talk to people yeah. better yeah. Um, or have some good memories. But, but I mean, you're absolutely right that it's, it's, it's almost, at least for, for us, I think it is changing too. Yeah. But it was almost assumed that you're going to college, and if you're not, yeah, um, you seemed like a failure. You're a failure. You're, you know, people yeah. are disappointed in you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's a ton of pressure. And that's what I'm. I try to communicate like the youth in our church and things is that like, yeah, what are you passionate about? Yeah, what maybe college is the best option. Yeah, it very well could be. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, but don't have uh, so many people go to college trying to figure it out. Um, and there's, there's other options out there. Yeah. There's other options. Well, on the internet too now is nuts. Like how much money you can make just doing things online, having different like YouTube channels and selling things online and Mm -hmm. streaming, playing video games. There's so many, and like there's more (laughs) and more options for income that are coming about that, that I think previous generations don't even realize. Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's so many other options out there. Yeah. There's, I think there's some friction too with uh, old school mindsets of kids need to be working at a brick and mortar shop, like stocking shelves and stuff. That's what I did. I stocked shelves at Piggly Wiggly. But like if you're a kid, let's say you're 14, 15, 16, and you are, have some some sort of like funny personality Mm -hmm. and you love playing Fortnite, you can make a lot of money on like Twitch and these streaming services oh, yeah. playing Fortnite in your basement at your parents' house, yeah. making jokes and like, you know, yeah. recording it and people will pay you money to yeah. watch you play video games. If you're 15 and people are like, oh no, you got to go, you know, lay brick and learn how to, yeah. you know, to, how to do these things and like get a work ethic. I'd be like, sorry, I'm making more sitting in my parents' basement. Playing video games. And that's why I think, obviously not everybody's doing that, like kids these days, but the opportunities are there. Yeah. So I think that's part of why there's not as many kids working in like the traditional, you know, Because they see all of these different avenues of of finding a career, making a living, living life. And hopefully that is encouraging for them to go after something they're interested in and yeah. passionate about and not just a this is easier yeah so i'll do that yeah um yeah yeah and and all of them are equally valid and equally true um i wrestle i wrestle a lot with um how i became a pastor mm-hmm. a little bit because my dad's a pastor yeah and so like you said, a lot of it was it was the easy thing to do. Everybody assumed I was going to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Every, I remember from a young age, everybody was talking about me being like my dad and, oh, when you're a pastor, all this stuff. And so there was a little bit of this assumption 
that that that's the direction I would go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really necessarily remember a time thinking, sitting down and deciding, oh, this is what I want to do with my life. Yeah, I'm going to be a pastor. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love what I do. I yeah. love where I'm at. Um, um, but I don't know if I ever gave myself that opportunity to even think through other options. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'm assuming it's just God directing me and guiding yeah. me where, where, where I'm at. Um, but, but I think those are, those are good conversations to have too and to sit down and really think through and process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially if when you get to sticky points in life, to have that um, confidence that you are where you should be mm-hmm. to keep pushing through when you're like, man, this is not ideal. Yeah. Like this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. Am I supposed to be here? Like, did I make the right decision mm. to have that in the back of your head of like, I've thought this through, this is where I should be. Yeah. And this is just a hard point in life, you know, Yeah. versus if you're on no basis other than this is just what I have been doing. So I might as well keep doing it. Yeah. And then when that existential <laughs> crisis comes up, that midlife crisis of like everything's starting to fall apart. Yeah. And you're just like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I here? You know? Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's all good. How do you handle those times? Um, the tough times? Yeah. I don't know. Just bury your head in the sand, wait for it to pass. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> just hope that it all goes away. I think that's actually a good discussion to have, especially for like men is uh, oh my word yeah how do you deal with with struggles because you're supposed to be the leader for your family mm. and for you for your congregation and for me for the gym um, and when things aren't good like what do you do um, yeah it's tough I think having good habits is a good part of it mm. so if you can continue you know trying to exercise and eat decent and having good social interactions with people you care mm-hmm. about people you can kind of confide in and talk to through the tough times. Most times it's uh, temporary. It's just a matter of being able to get through that time. Yeah. Um, Because there's always good on the other side of, of bad. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think having people that love you that you can talk to confide in is huge. Um, Especially if you're married, you know, the go through it with your spouse. Mm. Um so that they can help you and encourage you and all that stuff. Yeah. And like you said, even if you don't have a spouse, having a having a group of people or a community oh, yeah. or... Yeah. Good friend, family. Yeah. yeah. Church. Church family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? How do you get through the tough times? Um, I'm... I'm a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> Plug the, the yeah, title of, right. the, of the I, uh, podcast. Because for, for the longest time... And again, this this will be conversations for for other times we mm-hmm. chat. But um, for most of my life, it was just let me shove this down, let me get through this, let mm-hmm. me pretend like like this isn't happening, so that I can so that I can get through it and see clearly. Yeah. Um, and now I'm really like wrestling with and and working through what it means to, I mean, what it means to suffer well. Mm. and what it means to kind of sit in the darkness and and kind of just ponder and like how is this going to make me grow mm. and how is this going to um improve me and and develop me rather than just let me get past this as quick as possible yeah. um and i think there's health 
in in being okay with not being okay for a moment. Yeah. Um, but that's hard. Well, it's not even like the culture today is no. like never, never suffer, never struggle. Like should always be feeling good. Oh, yeah. And if you're not like go on your phone and escape it or, yeah. you know, eat comforting foods or, mm-hmm. you know, Something do to make some, you get you back drugs. up for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's some fun stuff you can try. Yeah. You'll this, never feel bad this again. This will make you happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very much a eat, drink and be merry kind of culture that we live mm-hmm. in, it seems like. So, I mean, every anytime you ask somebody how you're doing, if anybody oh, says anything other than, oh, yeah. good, yeah, it like throws you off. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have a good day. Uh, I hope, hope it, it gets better. better for you. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. there is just this assumption that everybody's supposed to be doing good. Yeah. And Which isn't the case. there's a lot of times that I'm mm-hmm. not doing good. And you grow through suffering, right? So oh, it's like what you said was suffering well. Mm-hmm. I think that's really kind of a cool concept to think about and focus on for your, for my life too, is like when you are suffering, like it's okay. Yeah. And it's, it's a time to grow. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with um, fitness, right? Yeah. The, when you first make a food change and you start eating better, you suffer because yeah, you, do. you feel lethargic <laughs> yeah. and you're like, man, I have no energy and this sucks. I don't want to eat any more vegetables and yeah. give me my junk food back, right? There's some suffering there, but you grow through it and you give it a week or two and you feel much better. Yeah. Um, same thing with a workout. Your muscles hurt, ache, sore a little bit. During the workout, it hurts. You can't breathe as good. You know, all that stuff, you suffer a little bit, but that's how you grow and improve. Yeah. And God's given us little exercises yeah. <laughs> in life, right? Yeah. To, uh, to, that we suffer through, but that we get stronger and yeah. grow through. And that's why, I mean, that's why it's so important, like you said earlier, to, to practice and to grow in those disciplines of, mm-hmm. of, of getting ourselves ready to handle challenges so mm-hmm. that we know so that we can we can know how to handle them when the time comes. And then also looking at each struggle as a blessing. Ooh. Because if you look at a struggle and you're like, this sucks, this is unfair, God doesn't love me, all those things, not only is that not necessarily true, but it's going to make the suffering tenfold worse. Yeah. Right? So it's your mindset going into everything is mindset yeah. for the most part. Um, so if you're struggling to be like, thank you, Lord. Because you want me to grow through this. Yeah. That just shifts your whole perspective on it. And you're like, wait yeah. a second, this really sucks. This yeah. is tough. But I God's given me the opportunity to grow, get yeah. smarter, get stronger. Thanks, God. Appreciate yeah. you. Good looking out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, this. so this past Sunday, um, I preached on Jesus calming the storm. Right. Yeah. And, and just mentioned briefly how... How Jesus led his disciples into the storm, mm-hmm. that it was his idea to go out into the water, and then the storm hits, and then he doesn't just like immediately calm the storm or anything. The disciples are up there freaking out for a while, right. and they like have buckets and they're trying to throw water overboard, yeah. and they're like terrified. And they come down like, "Are you just cool with us drowning?" Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, "Calm down, be still, silence," yeah. and he calms the storm. Um, but it wasn't just like this storm avoidance. Mm-hmm. Jesus was with them in the storm yeah. and he eventually silenced the storm, yeah. but not nearly as quickly as they would have hoped, I'm sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so I think that applies often to our lives too, that, that there are many times that, that we are led into storms for our better, betterment, for our faith development, for our self-understanding. Yeah. Um, and, and when the time, 
we may be delivered from the storm. Mm-hmm. Um, but while we're in the storm, let's grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's hard to do. It's tough. I was just visualizing, like, in that story of Jesus in the storm, mm-hmm. like, one of the the disciples, their faith is just immaculate, and they're <laughs> like, just chilling. Chilling. Like, what's wrong, dude? You, Come on. Calm down. in the water <laughs> off the boat? Put the buckets down. Don't you know that Jesus is down Jesus there? Jesus is chilling on the boat, and they're all just mad at him. Like, what are you, like, help us. Nah. We're going to go. We're good. We and good. the other thing I think about is, like, um, in the context of that story, it always seemed to me like Jesus was a little upset. He's yeah. like, why'd you wake me up? Yeah. Like, you're going to be fine. But what's the flip side? They don't wake him up. <laughs> like, what happens then? Like, how does the story end if they don't wake up Jesus? And like, Guys, we definitely shouldn't wait. Let's trust him. Just, it's going to be fine. But if he doesn't wake up. Everybody just hold on. <laughs> hold on. They're, they're all treading water. It's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. Because Jesus had to wake up. So I don't know. I don't know. And maybe that is, and maybe that does speak to the importance of prayer and the importance oh, of dude, in nice. the midst of yeah. the struggle and the storm. Dude, we don't, I don't pray nearly enough. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. You're right. You don't. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you got me. I, I don't, I don't, oh, no. I don't either. We, no. None of us do. I don't think. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking like how, how easy it is. Yeah. Like it's, it's just focusing yeah. on God and having a discussion with him. Yeah. And it's so simple and you can bring everything to God yeah. in prayer. Everything. Yeah. He wants you to have a relationship with him. Yeah. And I don't know if it's ego or just distraction. Like I think we talked about different time was Satan distracting us yeah. with all like our phones and social media and yeah. YouTube and TV and like everything basically. Um, that we don't have time to just be and yeah. exist and focus on a relationship with God. Yeah. When it's like, yeah, when you're struggling, pray. Yeah. When things are good, pray and rejoice. Mm-hmm. Like when you're not thinking about anything, just check in and be like, hey, God, what's up? Yeah. Appreciate all the things that you've given me. Gratitude for the struggles, gratitude for the good things. Dude, like uh, we pray um, before meals mm-hmm. and we pray before bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I could not tell you the last time I just like stopped and was like, let me just say a prayer. Mm. And that should be, dude, that should be like every day. And like you said, it's, it's not even like, let me sit down and think through everything right. I got to say, but it's this heart of prayer. It's yeah. just this, this being with, yeah. with God. And, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Maybe that's a part of it too, is you're like, what if I don't do the prayer right? Yeah. Or like, what if God's busy? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's like, uh, he's got a lot going on. It's like on. on the phone, just letting it ring. Yeah. Like, leave a voicemail, I <laughs> guess. like, why doesn't this guy text me? He's trying to call. He knows I'm not going to pick up. Who calls anymore? This guy's FaceTiming me? How dare he? I'm busy. Shooting a text, bud. Facebook Messenger. Yeah. No, but it's it's just an easy thing that I think would be helpful. So this is this is totally going to show like the the millennial immature side of sure. me. But there's like a lot of times that I'll like text a prayer and like I'll type it up in my notes or something like uh-huh. that just because that's how I think and process a lot of times. Okay. And so I'll type it up. Um, one of these times he's going to respond now. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Wait. you got my number. <laughs> so you're texting a prayer to God on your phone? Like for real, for I real? A, I don't actually send a text. No, but like where <laughs> like, do you... What do but you I use? usually type it either like in like a messages to my wife or something oh, and then oh. I'll cut it and post okay. it in the notes or something okay. like that. I was wondering where you actually... But like how crazy it. would it be if like a number was developed that people could text and just like scriptures responded? Wow. Wouldn't that be crazy? That's like an app idea, dude. Yeah. Just like it? people like text their prayers. Yeah. And then, like, scriptures responded. 
Wow. That's actually a good idea. Not a bad idea. People could really yeah. use that, I think. I've thought about it before. Yeah. You have to have like someone who like really knows the scriptures that can like send an applicable. Well, it's probably a data, uh, like a word recognition thing. Yeah. So if they're saying struggling with whatever, yeah, like the app would like register those words and like. Oh, that's true. Then there's a database. You wouldn't be like a random verse. <laughs> no, oh, no. I'm really struggling today, and then they slaughtered ten thousand goats. <laughs> oh my god! Can we talk about? Can we talk about one of my favorite? Uh, oh no! Verses to talk about is um, uh, when Jesus commands the demons to go into the pigs. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Like what the owners of the pigs oh my were gosh. thinking. <laughs> like the farmers. I can just picture them. What like, the heck, man? They're like, they're like just a quarter mile off. They're just chilling. What, maybe they have sheep or whatever. And they, you know, they have those pigs and the demons are like, at least put us into the pigs. And Jesus is like, all right, go uh-huh. in the pigs. And then the, the, <laughs> the farmers are just there like, what the heck? <laughs> That's my livelihood. <laughs> I gotta go climb down this cliff. And perfectly like, good pigs. Perfectly good pigs. What about me, Jesus? What about me? It's just so funny to think about those poor well, pig owners. I mean, that's part of the part of the rise against Jesus was these people that went back to their city and were like, "Yo, guess what this guy and just that's did?" That's just one. That's just one. Could you imagine if he if he just went town to town, just just killing everyone of his pigs. Of all the pigs. All the Pigs. No more pigs in all of Israel. <laughs> no more bacon. Oh my god, that's why the Jews can't have bacon. Jesus oh killed. God. Jesus killed all the pigs. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, there you go. That's your episode. There you go. Oh man. Oh man. Well, again, we're gonna have so many conversations and so many talks about him, so many of this good stuff. But yeah. Um. We just wanted to give you guys, the, the listeners, an opportunity to get to know us and and know our stories and where we come from a little bit so that as you hear us chat, you'll kind of understand the context of what we're saying. Yeah, and we're doing, uh, if you're listening on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever, we're going to do a YouTube channel too. Ew. So I'm just going to post this on, we'll just make a YouTube channel. Cool. <laughs> Hey, because we just recorded this on my phone for the first time. Last time we didn't have any video, so now we have some video. There you go. Because I am of the, um, I prefer to watch people. Yeah. When I listen to, so that way you have options. There you go. It's awesome. Cool beans. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Hey. We'll see you next time. Do 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 do. <laughs> Ta da! Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>